Hey everyone. Tapeheads. Music fans. Music insiders. Music review specialists. Music aficionados. My name is Paul Farvar. I'm Marty DeRosa. This is Make Us a Mixtape. We are here discussing music as music insiders, music experts, if you will. Every week we uh, we bring music fans on or we talk amongst ourselves. Yeah. And uh, right now we're probably like in the top three of all podcasts <laughs> from what I've seen in the record chart chartable has listed, sure. has listed. Sure. Um, I picked up uh variety today and I, I went right to the back of the, po- you know, you flip it yeah, over. Yeah. It's the podcast listings and, and it was us. Uh, and it was a couple other, yeah. you don't like a lot of music podcasts. Cause I send you some to listen to and you go, Mars is better. I just, I mean, they were just like, they didn't really provide anything or any, I like, I like, uh, Alan Ongo- Cross. yeah, I like, his. I, like that. Music. I like Disgraceland. That one's yeah, a good one too. Yeah. Um, but I, I just I feel like ours is better. Cool. When you have two music insiders <laughs> like ourselves. Um, and by the way, if you guys uh, want to send us your mixtape, we do appreciate that. And we are going to comment on everyone that sent us their comments on the covers and uh, the soundtracks. Uh, that email is paulmartymix at gmail.com. Variety also gave me the win on uh, both of those mixes. Oh, they said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had competitions too. If you think my mine or Marty's uh, soundtrack one was better, coverless, 1995 in the year 2000s. Those are the ones. Um, and tell us what your favorite one so far is. We've had over 40 episodes. Um, we have Kurt Loder coming in still. <laughs> For our 50th episode, yeah, Kurt Loder? Yeah, for 50. Come on, Kurt. And then we have um, uh, Tabitha Soren for 100, of course. we got to wait for her. <laughs> sure. Um, but anyway... That's enough about us. We actually have a true Music Insider. On that is the correct. He has taught the class on Music Insider 101. Um, you know, he teaches people how Did to Did you take any fun music classes like that? Music? Uh, no, we didn't have no? that at, at, real, wish, at my man. accredited school. Yeah, because I was watching some videos the other day, and there's some school in Nashville, and they're like, learn the music business inside out. And it's just like, I'm like, oh, man, what a treat. Well, they had at Indiana University, they had a class for the Beatles, like just on the Beatles, and that was like controversial. I felt like time. a very 90s thing, because yeah. there was a, there was a uh, um, Keanu Reeves class. At one college, I remember there was a Simpsons oh, yeah. class. Yeah, that was like later. There's like a Morrissey class. Like I remember, these would be like at the end of like MTV News right. after our generation. Yeah. But our generation, Beatles was the big controversy. Sure. But, but anyway, this his classes have been taught at uh, everything from Harvard to DeVry. Uh, you probably know him as a professor of music. Uh, journalist Jim Ryan joins us. Hey, Jim. Still a lot of room in the DeVry class, by the way. Yeah, so, thank yeah. You. Thank you for the plug. It's hard now. I know we're doing it online. You're doing them online now. I, I mean, it's all DeVry now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it it's is. All, it's all just Zoom classes. And <laughs> what would know. be the first day of class if you taught a music class? Like, what would you think is the first thing people need to know? Like at at, uh, at DeVry? <laughs> well, oh, it's different. Any, yeah. any teacher, any car class? songs. Car yeah. songs is day one. Car songs. Yeah. The band cars or <laughs> the, the band the cars. Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, or car songs to play in the car. You know, White Snake with oh, uh, Tony yeah. Katane. Tony Katane. Yeah. On the cover of a car. Is it one of those like look to your right, look to your left? <laughs> one of these exactly people like has terrible taste in music. <laughs> do you uh, do you judge people by their music taste, Jim? Still, or? I you know I think there was a time I did. I don't anymore. Yeah. It's such it's such a subjective thing. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of music, right? Yeah. Are you are you. Uh, Searching for new music, or are you kind of like, I'm good with what I got? I feel with where I write now, who I write for, mm-hmm. I constantly wind up uh, with established artists, and I'm becoming the music fan I hate because I don't find enough new stuff. Okay. So, do they please, tell you on the new stuff? Do they tell you, uh, hey, you're going to go, sing, you're going to interview Lou Graham from Foreigner? <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't gotten there oh, quite yet, yeah. well, but I'm going to keep you posted. <laughs> 
Jim and I have I, an I, ongoing I like, fight. Uh, I'll read uh, Chuck Klosterman, and and a sure. lot of times he'll be like sitting down with a musician and and things like that. Are you? What's your sort of game plan when you're going to interview a musician who you've never met before? Um, ninety percent of them now are over the phone. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them are over the phone because the whole idea is to promote the concerts. Nobody, nobody even cares about the. So album they're just anymore. done with you. Okay, now we got the Jim it, Ryan yeah. of Milwaukee. All right, now much. we got the Jim Ryan, of, and it's a and it's an honor to you that they call them the Jim Ryan of, of Milwaukee, Milwaukee or the Jim Ryan of Philadelphia, <laughs> of which Rye. is yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, Klosterman, by the way, has one of my favorite reviews of all time. Have you ever read his review of the Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy album? Yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah. It's is, it, uh, is it on one? Is it in one of the books? Because I've read all the, I'm reading the one of the books right now. And it I was, uh, I don't remember who he wrote it for. Okay, it was online. I can't remember what website it was for. I could, what did you think of that album, by the way? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Guns N' Roses. I'm unabashedly a fan of Axl Same. Rose, but there's, uh, there's some tangents on that album I don't know. Doesn't make to sense. Take it. Yeah. Did you, did you ever listen to? Chinese yeah, I Democracy? tried real hard. <laughs> I, just, I tried I real hard. It's such a weird. I don't know if there's ever been an album where it was like Chinese Democracy coming. It'll be soon. <laughs> And then it was like, well, there goes the junior high. It's like, <laughs> right. it's co- I swear to God, it's coming. And it was Every like, year, yeah. well, there goes high school. And then yeah. it was like, how, his, I, I mean, like, how long was that supposed to come out? It was, I, I think, in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, he started work on it, yeah. I know, in the 90s. And it came out around like 2012 or something like that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. Well, there's different there's different versions of it that right. you can find with different producers that he fired. And different musicians yeah. on it who played, you know, over the course of 20 years. Yeah. And then the reason it came out is amazing. Do you remember the whole thing? Did someone leak it? It was to spite Dr. Pepper. Oh, really? Dr. Pepper had put a thing out saying that if Chinese democracy ever ever came out, (laughs) everyone in America would get a free Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Is that right? And Axl Rose, to spite them, finally put it out. That's actually amazing. Man, I yeah. gotta get my Dr. Pepper. They, I never, I never cashed in on that. <laughs> they <laughs> didn't either. <laughs> they they made that announcement, and, and he came right out and said, "Okay, it'll be out next." That's week. like when like Taco Bell has like, if they hit a home run in the World right. Series, free tacos, and there's like five home runs, and they're like, "We're ruined." <laughs> I remember over. Red Lobster did like unlimited shrimp one time, and it almost put them out of business. For what was the purpose? They didn't have enough shrimp. They were not prepared for how oh. much shrimp people wanted. No, why wanted. did they, they just set it? They like, thought hey, it would be a big seller, and it was, because everybody was like, I'm coming. It's Shrimp Fest, yeah. I believe it was Shrimp Fest. Well, you say you're an unabashed Guns N' Roses fan, but yet there's no Guns N' Roses on your mixtape. What? How did you come up with this list? So th- this list is all, uh, as, as far as a personal connection to these songs, they all have something to do with live music. Okay, they're nice. not all live cuts. There's stories about the band, stories about some of the songs. That kind of thing. So it all comes back to because it's something I miss right now. I think I think, yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, miss where uh, where and who what what venue in Chicago and what band would you like to see right now if we could uh, make that happen? I would take Guns N' Roses at the Metro. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> yeah. wonderful. <laughs> that would be wild. I would take that. Um, I saw them at uh, the old Rosemont Horizon. I okay. talked about it on the show um, in ninety two or ninety one, and the Pumpkins were the opener. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I saw them at House of Blues as far as a small venue goes, but that was no no slash. I was at that, that show, February 2011. So, yeah. It was four okay. hours. He went over. He did. Yeah, he I played did, every song. I did, that was a great concert. It was fantastic. And it was one of those ones where, in classic Axel fashion, what do you go on at like one o'clock? Yeah. Doors no, they were, went on late, but then the he goes show on at 11. At he goes on at 11. Yeah. That's but always the, his thing. The doors opened at like nine o'clock. Yeah, sure. I remember walking out of there at four in the morning. It was insane. And going straight to my morning broadcast yeah. shift at five o'clock <laughs> literally just going down the street and being like okay i got 40 minutes to kill he would do those things where Bu- i think buckethead was yeah. guitarist on yep. that one i was at that show and he would uh he would just let buckethead play and then he'd disappear on yeah. stage for like 20 minutes yeah. go do some blow and come back and, i don't know uh, about that well whatever he did maybe take a nap 
I think that was. I think he was doing coke. At we that saw. Point. We saw him at the Allstate, um, probably around two thousand. It was before the House of Blues show. Okay. And uh, we had a we had a friend uh, through the wrestling business who knew Bumblefoot as a wrestling fan who okay. was it wasn't the band. I assume he's not. Like not most anymore. people are not in the band right. anymore. <laughs> he's a big wrestling fan, and I had some uh, wrestling buddies, and they're like, "We're gonna go see Guns and Roses," and I'm like, "Oh, cool!" And I had no idea we were gonna get like go backstage and everything. We went backstage, and we're like, "Where's Axel?" And they're like, "Oh, he's not even here yet." Like he'll be here at a, he'll be he'll That's be the here. Only you are allowed to, yeah, yeah they'll be he like he'll be here. Like he'll go on around eleven, and then clockwork went on eleven, and then uh, my buddy is a huge Guns N' Roses fan, and he's like, so apparently after the show, Axel turns on all the showers and gets it real steamy, and then he just goes in and sings for a little yeah. while and like winds his voice, voice down, and we were in this room. Uh, and we we're just like, this is so boring. And there was like food and stuff and, and maybe drinks, maybe not. And we were like, this is kind of boring. And then like clockwork, a door opened and like 50, like Kelly Bundy's came in the room, <laughs> just like metal chicks. I was like, Oh my God, I'm in heaven. Look at all these metal chicks. And then I was like, all right, everybody come on in Axel's, uh, you know, dressing room or whatever. And it was this huge dressing room and he was just like holding court and we we're just like sitting back. Wow. And my buddy, he's a, uh, he's a wrestler named Sammy Zane. And, uh, and, uh, he was like, I gotta get a picture with him. I gotta do it. And he, oh, and he, no. this was before like smartphones were like as good as they are now. So right. he still had his like, uh, digital Pixel camera yeah. Razor. Yeah. and he's oh. like, Axel, can I please? And he's just like. Not now, and we. Uh, I think we were. We were. We left on our own, but I think we were like going to be booted out, out anyway. Yeah. This yeah. Time. And it was like it was like you said. I I went to the parking lot of the Allstate, and like it was just like my car was the only car left at the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a fucking night! And it was like probably like three in the morning. He's yeah. so notorious though for not for like clearing the backstage. I can't yeah. even believe you got back there. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We must have gotten uh, past a couple layers of of uh, security, but. Is Metro your go-to favorite venue in the city, or one of? Yeah, you know when it's not uh, when it's not overpacked. Those, yeah. some of those shows, it's yeah. just so damn uncomfortable in there. Um, I've run into you there a few times. Oh yeah, I always feel like when I run into you at a concert. I think we, we I did run into you at Greta Van Fleet. Too. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, you guys, hang, you guys oh. hang in the back. No, I, I was. I'm Is always intoxicated, one? and he's like doing work, and I'm always like, okay, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> Do you take go. notes at make, concerts. Make, make no. no mistake, I'm also intoxicated. Yeah, yeah. Do you take notes and stuff? Uh, on my phone. Okay. I won't. Uh, I don't write yeah. any notes. but yeah. I just pull open the the notes. And just kind of text notes to myself. I would assume the set list is always like you can just Google it, and people will be like, yeah, "Here's the but set you know, list." Like, not you're you're also then depending on the people in Accuracy, attendance to yeah. get, who are drunk to get it right. Yeah, which so often it's not. So I, I try to keep track of the set list. Uh, I try to keep track of quotes. That's my other one. Yeah, I like to I like to try to get when quotes they're talking if something unique. Yeah, and who have you ever had anybody uh, take issue with a review? Uh, one time Ryan I Adams. got an, one time I got an email. <laughs> From somebody who's no longer with us, uh, I was the lead singer of the Smithereens, Pat Denizio. Oh, okay, he just passed away recently, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. both um, in the year too. It was, uh, it was. He was doing a benefit concert at Martyrs. Okay, he had. I don't know what illness he had, but yeah. the medication he was on, he gained a lot of weight. Right, right. He was a bigger diet. Yeah, he was a big man, and it doesn't help. Uh, it doesn't have a positive impact on the live show. Okay. When you're up there winded, he had to keep leaving the stage and going outside to get fresh air. Speaking and of back. Axl Rose. It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was big at the Guns and Rose at the uh, House of Blues show too. Yeah, he Axel was. was yeah. He's kind of gotten it together now. Right. He's, he's I'm curious to see Vince Neil. Vince Neil, basically the band was like, we're paying you to get in shape. And then he tweeted that he lost 20 pounds and people were going ballistic. I know. Yeah, it's a whole wild thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Metro's your go-to. Um, where else? Uh, Metro, uh, geez, some of the smaller venues. I love Lincoln Hall. Yeah, that's a nice one. I mean, you can hear a pin drop in there. It's amazing. 
it, it depends on the concert or the band, but I always, I, I'm a big fan of like for the singer songwriter stuff. I really like Park West too. For Park some West reason, is great. It's, sure, it's just like the sonic boom in there. But anyway, I told you that Park West story, right? I went and saw the Eels, the Eels yeah. And the guy was like, <laughs> E from the Eels was like, he opened up for, uh, I forgot who they opened up for, um, Piano Lady. Back in the day, Tori, Tori, Tori Amos. Amos. Yeah. And he was like, man, we opened for Tori Amos. And she was like, we were like cracking up how she was such a diva the whole night being like, wow. turn that goddamn register off. And it was like the old oh, time. Yeah. Like, right on then, the side of the yeah, stage. And she's like, turn that goddamn, stop using that goddamn register. And they're like, what a diva. And then they did a night, <laughs> a night with strings with the eels. And they were like, we understand now. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> right were just a rock band at the time. Like, fuck it. We don't hear this shit. Right behind you. I have the Rachel Yamagata at Park West. They, they played on XRT. It's a CD. I, t- I sold my CD player and I, I took that out. It was the last thing I listened to on CD and you can hear it. You can hear yeah. the, the noise. Oh, wow. so registers. That's amazing. It's pretty crazy. But anyway, we digress. Let's get into it. Uh, did you uh, have – is there a reason you picked this order or is there anything? Uh, I, I kind of liked the order um, okay. as, as far as the first one, yeah. Uh, my first concert was Michael Jackson. Okay. And I, I figure there's there's no – nobody needs to hear another Michael Jackson song at this point. Where did uh, you see him, Michael Jackson, at? Comiskey Park. Uh, wow. A week before my fifth birthday. Okay. Holy I counted shit. my parents into taking me to Michael Jackson. It was technically the Jacksons. Oh, okay. It was the Victory Tour. Oh, wow. So Victory came out after Thriller. He never toured for Thriller. But he went back and did one more with his brothers. It was like him throwing them the one last bone yeah. on the way out. Yeah, the door. He would do solo stuff and then bring mm-hmm. them out every once in a while. And for so they, thing. they toured the victory tour was pretty much the thriller tour. Was that mm-hmm. you, were, you were five though? When did you grow outgrow the Michael Jackson? I still love Michael Jackson's okay. music. I mean, obviously right, right. he's a train wreck. Did you wear like the? Did you have like the red? The red. <laughs> the red uh, I had that red jacket. I had the red zipper. My mom jacket. wouldn't buy it for me. It was I like had the glove. I wish yeah. I had mm-hmm. that. I didn't have the. Glove. I kind of want it now, actually. Did you when you would make? Did you used to make mixtapes? Cassette and CD. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, what was for, the first cassettes and then uh, and then CD. It was always for other people. I, I usually wasn't making them for myself. Sometimes for the car, I'd have them, you know, CDs for the car. Okay. What oh, what what was the basic? Why would you make them for other people? Like to be I an mean, influencer on. or to, for ladies? <laughs> for ladies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what Paul was hoping for. Paul <laughs> I mean, made a mixtape for a girl he was breaking <laughs> up with. <laughs> No, that really? broke up with me. She yeah. broke up with him, and Paul made her a mixtape. I got a copy. To get her back or to no. what was what was the just to Paul, be like, what was the remember? reason? What was the reason? I picture what's your her dream p- scenario? <laughs> I picture her listening to it in her car, and then her new husband or boyfriend being like, "This is a really good album." And then she just stares into the distance, like, "Yeah, I know." That's it. Do people do it anymore? Like, uh, I mean, what you could do a Spotify playlist, I, I guess. They or probably something. like Snapchat a song at somebody, and they're like, "Oh my TikTok. god, they Snapchatted." Yeah. But um, yeah, I, Jim that Ryan's was a, first song. That was a, I made it um, when uh, the last one I made that was for a girl, and it was after she broke up with me. It was called Challengers because it was the Challengers song from uh, Brand New Pornographers. Okay, and I we, we we were supposed to see him at Metro, and then she didn't come. It was a post. Did you say the Brand New Pornographers? <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> yeah, the I was New Pornographers yeah. with Nico Case. I love and, Nico Case. Uh, and oh yeah, big fan. And uh, she couldn't go to the concert because she had some issues, family stuff. So. That, was it. that sounds like up. those uh, those bands, like they did a Mighty Wind about like those PBS bands. Yeah. How it's like the new, you know, the brand new, uh, yeah. and it's like the different version of them. It's like the brand new pornographers. Yeah, they'll be playing on PBS right. in like twenty years. Well, let's let's get into the mix since we already started talking about Michael Jackson. The first song you have on your mix is Billie Jean, as covered by Chris Cornell. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie screen. Said, don't mind, well, what do you mean? I am the one who would dance 
on the floor and around Damn. She says I am the one. So why this version is not the original? There's not a well, I didn't want a Michael Jackson song at this point. I mean, everyone's heard him a million times. Sure. Um, you know, he's some level of, of creepy, you know, depending uh, what stories you want to believe, I guess. But uh, no, what I loved about there's there's so many bad Michael Jackson covers. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was looking, uh, there, Miles Davis does a cover of Human Nature. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And I listened to it, and it's awful. No. It's really bad. Um, you know, you've got the horrible Alien Ant Farm cover of Smooth Criminal. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, 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 watch that. That was the Tough <laughs> Enough, so tough bad, enough yeah. uh, theme song. Hold on, hold on now. <laughs> tough Enough? The Tough Enough. That was the WWE uh, oh, uh, wrestling uh, reality show. Okay. And Smooth Criminal was the... Yeah, uh, Maven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Maven. Yeah, <laughs> Maven won it. So this is your favorite of all covers of Michael Jackson? Of, as far as the Michael Jackson covers yeah. go, yeah. And then Robbie Fulks does an entire album of Michael Jackson covers. That's, oh, wow. That's pretty good, too. But I figured that one might be harder to find. So. That was the last Chris concert. Uh, I was supposed to go Marty see him in Milwaukee, and it got canceled. Oh, man. How yeah. long? It was in... Um, May, right? No, no, no. It was, was supposed it right to be... You? It was supposed to be, like, in uh, April, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was supposed to be in April. And uh, wow. got, I think it got moved to October. So hopefully it happens. Hopefully. Uh, Chris Cornell loves to do cover songs. He he's got some fantastic yeah. covers. Have you ever uh, heard his cover of one? He does yeah. this, like the mashup of U two and Metallica together. Howard Stern had him on quite a bit, and he would play just nothing but covers for him. And there are a lot of times where Howard will start his show with a, an acoustic song in the morning, and he plays a lot of Chris Cornell songs. And he's just like, it's really interesting how uh, all the cover songs are just like, man, it sounds like it could have been a Chris Cornell song. Yeah, like he yeah. really does a good job of just kind of like. Words like the difference of like a guy in a bar. No offense, Paul. Uh, <laughs> a fat Albert type. No, but you know what I mean. Like you're at like pot bellies, or you're you walk by a bar and you hear a guy, and he's just like, you know, like how a cheesy acoustic yeah. guy would do Billy Jean. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like this is like well, I he's like got a such darker a great cover. Voice. Yeah, and I mean he he just his interpretation of songs is nothing com- compares to you is better than it is. than Sinead's or Prince or whatever. It's just it's just the best version. Have what you heard I- Alien Ant Farm's version though? That's <laughs> now we're talking. What I think is so interesting about this cover is that everyone's heard Billie Jean six million times when it's on on the car, when it's yeah. on at Potbelly or wherever, you're not paying attention to the lyrics. No, but this, you, yeah, you, all of a sudden to. you pay attention to those lyrics, and it's actually a hell of a song. Yeah. There's got to be songs where people are like, oh, that's the, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's oh, that's saying. the, because yep. I know, like, I would love getting, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, like me, uh, me first in the gimme gimmies and stuff sure. like that. How they have like, uh, they just they're a cover band, and then there's songs, and you're like, oh, that's what they said. Yeah. Because some some bands are just like, I don't know. Is that Foreigner for you, Paul? <laughs> no one's covered. No one's done a good Foreigner cover. We but. really got to pay more attention to the lyrics of Hot Blooded. <laughs> well, Has anyone done Foreigner on this podcast? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's ever gonna, good. We should just do a Foreigner list for those uh, the. Millennials that don't know, um, Foreigner was a band that was really big. Who's the, the who's still the, really big, who's a, yeah? I'm sure they do. Who's a band today that you would say is like the Foreigner of of <laughs> of this time? Because I don't uh, remember. I just there were bands like we talked about in this podcast. Like for me, it was like Yes, Foreigner, Rush, uh, Rush which I'm aware of now. But Rush. I'm just kind of like I hear I see I hear these bands. I see people wear their shirts. I go to the record store and I see their posters, but I don't know nothing about them. And, and no one's really telling me, like, you should get in on this foreigner rush. Foreigner of today. Who's so, the but, foreigner of today? Okay, so wait. So when we say foreigner of today, are we talking like <laughs> Imagine no, Dragon? Like a, like a rock band that can sell arenas? Is that kind of what we're talking about? Or Ooh, like, good question. What, what are we? What's well, the criteria? Let's, let's just do popular, do, but has a hate under, underneath. No, 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 no. That's you're putting your own. <laughs> well, I just, a lot I'm of people. Saying, uh, <laughs> 
record sales wise, okay. drawing wise, and critical acclaim. Well, okay. use that however Foreigner you. Foreigner wasn't. Critically- that was, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Take uh, that into consideration. Foo Fighters. Oh, oh okay. wow. maybe Foo Fighters. Okay. You was, know, back then, was it considered like dad rock foreigner? Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, well, I don't know if it was back then. It certainly yeah. is now. Well, I mean, think about now. Pearl Jam for us was Pearl like Jam. the biggest great, band. Sure. But now, when you bring that up at a at a show or something, people mm-hmm. are like, "No, my mom listens to Pearl Jam." Or like Dave Matthews. Those they're already boomer bands. Pearl Those Jam's interesting. They're like the Grateful Dead of today because no yeah. one buys the albums, but they tour. Yeah, you know they can sell. Yeah, like, everyone lost their mind when they put that song out too. Oh, the new one. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they still have. They're still in the conversation. Yeah. For sure, but um, foreigner, um, foreigner, and, and that whole genre of them and journey. I don't know why we're talking about this because none of your songs. Because it's fascinating. It, it is fascinating. I agree. Yeah. Well, because uh, Jim and I were going to do an episode on WGN on uh, on I think Nick D's show where it was just bands that don't that didn't make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that should. And sure. Foreigner. I've like leaned. In. They're not in the Hall of Fame. They should be, no, but they're they shouldn't. not. Oh, here we go. I love it. This comes down to the critical acclaim part, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and I always like how. But it, they've had whenever, so many number one. Whenever hits. people talk about Hall of Fames, so it's, it's the basic rollers, Paul. The Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whether it's a sports talk guy or whatever, it's like it's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Good or the Amen. Hall of like. Well, they sold out some concerts. Well, but hey, that's just a toxic way to look at things. There you go, Paul. You like what I did there? Right, yeah, you did a pretty good job there. <laughs> Uh, our next song is another cover this time by Chicago favorites Local H doing Britney Spears Toxic Live Baby can't you see I'm calling A girl like you Yeah. This to me, oh, this to me is like uh, what Napster was all about. You know what I mean? About being like, wait, Everclear covered like a virgin. I'm listening and I'm putting it on my mixes. Why? Why is this in there? Uh, because this week, uh, Thursday and Friday this week, they're doing uh, drive-in theater concerts. Yeah. So they're, I saw that. they're they're trying to they're trying to put kind of a blueprint out there for artists on how to uh, function and, and make a buck in this, this crazy world that we find ourselves in with no live music. So uh, they're going to be on stage performing. Where's this at? Uh, Gibson City, Illinois, uh, about two hours outside Chicago uh, near Bloomington. Is this Normal. one of those Live Nation shows? I, I don't think it's a Live okay, Nation Okay, because I saw they just announced Live Nation is doing these drive Well, they're doing that with shows. the Dolphin Stadium in Miami. Oh, okay. They're having a big uh, big they? concert there. Who's, yeah. who's doing that? I don't know, but it was some of the big, the big joke was like, oh, I finally have fans in there. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is a good sports joke if you know what's going on with the Dolphins. Are you a, you're a big local H fan? I, I do. It? You know, I love local H. I, I don't think they get their their due as far as you know. Everybody thinks of the duo that you know the duos that became the blueprint for what we have today, and they talk about the White Stripes, or yeah. the Black Keys. I, to me, it's local. That's H. right. Yeah, they were before all yeah, that. Do you think it's because before. we're Chicago that we? There's, feel that way or they're certainly still more on our radar than they are yeah. anywhere else in the country because we're in chicago because there's summer fest in chicago yeah, they're, legally they're, you have to have yeah. local h in yes. the summer fest or, you're, or you'll every get thrown fest. in jail if you don't have local h for the bodines yeah i uh i was gonna <laughs> say what is that wedding band b-a-n-n-e-d <laughs> yes. hey, hey, or, hey, or hey. uh a client of mine two white crew or something two white yeah. crew yeah, yeah. 16, 16 candles sure sure yeah. sure but this was like the credibility line because they would be an original band that could draw yeah Week, month after month, they'd be at one festival. They could come back, and and everyone knew 
one of their songs from right. whether it was their first one, yeah. the second generation of local age fans. They like their second hit from Q101 and and so forth. But, I saw them at a uh, a brewery put on a festival in uh, Orland Park, and I did stand up on it. And uh, it was mostly like punk bands, but they play. They just like they played so loud, so hard, so fast that two everybody man was or like, they had, they had their full two, band. Okay. just two, and it was like everyone was into it. Oh, I believe two, maybe yeah. three. I don't know. Yeah, two guys, and well, they, they bring sometimes a, they bring. They'll bring a third person out to to shout the harmonies and the backing parts. <laughs> okay, it's their merch guy. Is that right? Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Have but, you talked? Have you interviewed Scott? I've interviewed Scott a couple times, and I'm going to interview him. We're doing kind of a day in the life uh, segment that'll run at Forbes, uh, where I write about music, which kind of traces them trying to put together this this drive-in theater concert uh, yeah. rain in the forecast so we'll i mean we'll see how it comes out but, but they're um, in the going, cars people are in cars yeah. so it doesn't matter but, but what about them on stage with all that right. equipment <laughs> but going down there with a photographer and we'll have a full photo gallery and a story that's gonna interview. be wild yeah so i think it'll be really interesting I, I love trying to find these stories right now about the artists that are successfully able to pivot and try to figure out how to how to what make something of do, them. yeah know? right because touring's um, how you make money yeah no no artists make any money on CDs on selling. I saw a thing you know, where albums. an artist was talking about on Spotify. Uh, they had a million dollar or a million downloads, and uh, they got seven thousand dollars. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. That's, so when you go on Spotify and you see some of these artists have you know a couple million you know streams on a song, and it's like. Okay, so you figure that's fourteen thousand dollars that they're making one time. Yeah, they're not, one time. It's not. Well, they changed <laughs> the the one thing that uh, the president has done successfully. This president we have now is he signed the digital right uh, millennium act in which now they're getting more money is that right um i, I think the royalty rates are a up low. a little bit but yeah it's in terms of it trickling down from the label to the artists oh, and right. especially and the publishing writers right it's the songwriters that get really screwed on one the of deal. The, one of the things that we noticed the most doing this podcast is the new songs just like kick in right away right uh for some of these old songs we'll play and we're baffled that like they're, they're a minute. I forgot yeah. what the song was the other week. Yeah, we just we're did like one. a minute and five in, and they not one word, not one word. Pink Floyd, The Doors. No, I mean, not no, even that. Just like our like, uh, like the nineties. It was stuff like too. A, something either from the nineties or two thousand. It was just like this would not be the case now because it's even, like yeah. I read a th- I read some article and they were like it's scientifically like pr- like you got to hit this by this point otherwise they will go to the next song. Yeah, when, uh, I interviewed uh, Tony Lewis from the Outfield. We talked about uh, your love, the big, yeah, the big outfield song yeah. that has more streams, right away. Has more streams, by the way, on Spotify than uh, I remember writing about it, looking it up. I, it had more streams than "Paint It Black" by the Stones. It had more more streams, I think, than uh, "Hey Jude." Okay, it, it's crazy, right? Those that songs that are, this, but this that song yeah. kicks in right away, and that's what we talked about. Yeah. He said that was. He goes, the one thing that we understood as a songwriting, we unit need to was, put the song in right away. Put that, I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> that's pretty much what he sounds yeah. like. And this was put that catchy, chunky guitar riff right at the top. Yeah, and that was a time where you really. I mean, I don't know how much you were fighting for the radio dial. Maybe someone switching the radio dial or something, but yeah. like. It's wild now. If I have my little headphones on, I can just tap them, and then all of a sudden the next song comes on. If I don't like, eh, I don't like the way that sounds. What's yeah. funny about the outfield is um, that that's an album that also screwed up the compact disc sales because that's an album you buy the album and you're like, all right, the rest of the songs are not good. <laughs> it's like, don't tell Tony I said that, but yeah. like that was like one of those songs that you're like, oh, right, shit. Yeah. How do you how do you approach a there was an another hit they had if you're too. interviewing an artist? How do you approach an artist with like, well, that last album was kind of a stinker, <laughs> it was kind of shit. Um, like, do you like you took a like departure? <laughs> you took a departure from your normal departure. like. <laughs> this yeah. was different. 
It's uh, the one thing I'm lucky now is almost all of the questions revolve around the live show. Yeah, no yeah. one's, <laughs> you know, because that's some of these older artists too. They get pissed about it. They're they inevitably all say the same thing that how how annoyed they get that if they try to play these that they put a new album out, nobody listens to it and yeah. maybe maybe they know the single, you know, and then they get they get compl- everybody's going to take a piss at the show when they try to play. Here's these a new, new one, yeah, and, and everyone yeah. leaves. Everyone right. There's like, there's a drum uh, solo. right. How do how do artists feel? I mean, obviously, you can't speak for all of them, but how do they feel about doing a whole album? Because that's like something I feel like our generation, younger generations, are like, I want the whole album. I want to know exactly what I'm gonna see. I don't want any surprises. Right? How do the, how do artists feel about that? Some love it and some hate it. Um, so they love it because usually it puts them in a little bit bigger room. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, if they're if they're playing this this album that everybody adores instead of you know four new songs mm-hmm. uh, they can play a bigger venue because people actually want to see that so there's there's the financial element which is why it's popular but um, i remember talking to billy corgan uh, and he hates it he hates the idea he yeah. doesn't like to be told yeah you have to play these and there's probably some songs he's just like i don't want to play play again right that yeah. way deep cut on right. that album i don't think about anymore yeah that was when alkaline trio at the metro they did like i think four days eight albums and it was almost like a, an ncaa tournament they knew they they did the number one <laughs> album all the way to number eight, which is like what everyone is in. And it's like, right. there were never like, oh, wow, they did both those. It was like, I know what album they're going to play. And then it was like the first album. They're like, hey, this is off of one of our most recent ones. And everyone's like, oh, God. And then it was like, this next one better be. And then they're like, the first song hits. And everyone's like, yes, it's the good one. Well, when they would do the Wilco, the the week of shows they do, right. they promised to do every, every song, song yeah. on all their albums. And then they would have to start. And st- I was at one show where they didn't play box of letters which is on wilco am and they had to start and stop it twice because he's like i i fucking forgot how i mean that was my favorite part of the show because it was so honest when was that first time they did that at the riv like oh five maybe oh three something like that uh they were the, the winner the i winner saw the first time i they did that at uh the vic okay. i saw them when they did it at the vic they, so the first the first time they did it was like five nights in a row all at the riv yeah and there was a guy standing next to me on the floor with I'm not making this up. He had the whole. He had every song. There was a song on the SpongeBob SquarePants yeah. soundtrack. He had every single song. And he was checking them off <laughs> to see if they did it as they did it. And his it was on that old printer paper with the ribbons. Oh, on yeah. the side. I was like looking at this guy. Like this guy is something. insanity. Yeah. This this is the dad. And rock that was guy Greg right Cobb. No, that's not Greg Cobb. Just kidding, Greg. Exactly. He's not listening. He's not. Um, so what do you think? Uh, and I know we keep get going down all these uh, different paths or whatever, but uh, what do you what do you think uh, as far as the the future of concerts and stuff? Do you think we'll ever get back to the? I mean, I know if somebody tomorrow creates a cure, everyone's going to be like, "All right, let's get back out there." Yeah, that's. I, I it's going to take some time, I think, because I mean, as uncomfortable as people might be with the idea of it now, I mean, like anything, once once we're back to normal for a bit. People are just going to gravitate back to right. old habits, even if they're bad ones. Do you yeah. feel weird watching concerts, old concerts I, now? No, I watched a couple Stones ones yesterday, actually, and I was okay with it. What's not doing it for me is the living room performances. Yeah. That's not scratching the live music itch for me yeah. at all. I was watching one from like some European fest that one of those where it's just like the people just go forever. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, wow, that's wild. Yeah, the, the ones that the people like notify you, like I'm getting notifications from bands in town or whatever. They're like, hey, so-and-so is going to lie. I'm like, I don't want to see that because it's going right. to ruin the experience for the, me. La, la, the yeah. living room shit. The, yeah. The ones that are like, 
Yeah, I know My Morning Jacket did one, which I was like, I don't want to see that because I that to me is a memory. I don't want to. Right. Sust- and I do think the outdoor shows are going to come earlier, but the ones that scare me are like these venues, like we talk about Metro. It's like, agreed. Are it's, they going to the survive? Ones. Because those small, even even if you start to institute some of these smaller mm-hmm. shows and these smaller venues with the social distancing, Metro holds a thousand people. So what are we? What are we yeah. going to put in there? Mm-hmm. How many people realistically? When you you can't do a show, it. you can't. How you does can't hire make any money? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, are, what are the tickets suddenly going to like triple in cost? That's why, yeah. Is it going to be twenty dollars? Beers, beers are twenty dollars. Yeah, like, tickets are yeah. double. We had our anniversary party for Shisha and Boy Productions our twenty year, which was going to be at uh, Cubby Bear this year. It was supposed to be in April. Then we moved it to July eleventh, and now we're just waiting. But even then, and that's a smaller venue that holds five six hundred. Right. What what's the I mean we can't if they if the if they say forty or twenty five percent it's like hundred people can come to the show yeah. that's all the bands that's yeah <laughs> it's like also think yeah. about a band you have to leave after who you. doesn't really draw that well right and they're just like oh no <laughs> yeah they're like so tops how many five hundred okay and then they're like yeah there's only uh, thirty five <laughs> people here and you're like oh man. Yeah, I, I've been sending emails to venues, being like, with the new social distance, I'm pretty confident I could sell out your venue. So some of these, yeah, some of these shows when I see these pictures of the socially distanced uh, crowds at a concert, I, like I think it would just be depressing. Yeah. yeah, if that's the future, I don't, I don't think I, I'm, I think I'm glad I saw. I six think the only the only the right. people who could pull it off would be like a like a Guar or like a Marilyn Manson type <laughs> where everybody's but, in full costume, which would be great. But but bands like that, okay, everyone everyone goes for the mosh pit, right? How do yeah. you, how do you, how do you stop that now right because so you, you can't yeah have that it, the, or when like the, the sweaty purpose. kids coming towards the security <laughs> right. guard they're not yeah. going to be like come on buddy i'll help you they're going to be like get you got to go back yeah i mean i think there'll be the glass like hockey like we got in front of us here yeah. you know they have that at wrestling now and <laughs> i'm like god WWE, this sucks I'm like, oh my god. it sucks so bad yeah. and uh and i think with concerts it's like i mean everyone would just bang on it if it was a thing yeah yeah i don't know yeah, it'll be weird. No, I'm with you, Paul. That's that's the ones I worry about is those small independent venues. Yeah, they're the ones that are suffering right now, and you can donate to the help them to save the save our stages. Uh, I've been pr- posting it on uh, Instagram and stuff. But speaking of concerts, live concerts, yes. your next one is the last concert I saw live, and also the very last uh, outdoor concert in the whole world I was at, which is. Dave, uh, Jason Isbell, Drive By Truckers. Someone needs to, to fact check this. You keep saying it. Uh, I don't know. Bring man. it on. I, I already don't did. Know. <laughs> uh, Armageddon's back in town. Drive By Truckers. story on this song, Jim? Uh, it's off their new album, The Unraveling, which is uh, for the second album in a row now. They're taking a real deep look at everything that's going on in America and criticizing it uh, politically, socially. Uh, Patterson Hood's pretty pissed off on this album. So that's Patterson singing? That's Patterson yeah. singing, yeah. Okay. That was I was going to ask you about that, because I, I didn't know this song. I didn't know Drive-By Truckers after Jason Isbell. I just okay. stopped listening. Um, and I wasn't a huge fan before, but I'm a huge Jason Isbell fan. So. I, I think you would, if you're a huge Isbell fan, I think you would like this. I like this song a lot. Yeah, yeah. this is good. This has like a replacements vibe to it. Definitely. I dig, I dig it. All, all their stuff. It's cool, too, to see, um, you know, not that they're like, 
like if we say anything about the president, our fans are going to, you know, yeah. never come to our concerts again. But yeah, but to be that outspoken and stuff and to be like, Especially, we're going to lose some fans here. Jason Isbell is very active uh, yeah. on uh, Twitter. Talking oh, he's, about he's a great following. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. He's, he's scorching and he's hysterical. I love when he lights up former Everyone. fans. Oh, like yeah. People who yes. well, I assume would be a former fan. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, uh, it's the, so great Like to see. And there was somebody recently. Oh, uh, Tom Morello from uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. Someone's like, this guy's too political. I'm not into it anymore. And he's like, <laughs> what did hey, you what? Think? he goes, hey, what song is that? And I'll, I'll remember to take it off <laughs> yeah. our uh, greatest hits or something. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're just like, I can't get into some of these bands because they're too political. It's like, buddy, you are living. You're the dumbest, first of all. If right. you listen yeah. to Rage Against the Machine and you don't get like, what they're raging against. Definitely some political overtones <laughs> yeah. here. System of a Down's been going through that this week. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, they've. Uh, I saw they were tr- uh, they were trending it in. They're always that's why. They're, fans, yeah. fans are just figuring out that there were political messages in these songs. Plus, they you have warring factions now. Uh, the guitar player, Dude, yeah, is, is a MAGA guy. They oh, is that right? Get together. And Surge is trying to point out that none of those that all those songs were so leftist and yeah, they're, they're Armenians, right? They're, they're, they're they're the, the, within the band, they're, they're a weird band because I I watched a thing where they made the mistake of making the original manager like a full-fledged member of the band okay and there's these you know where they're like they just they keep saying like we want a tour we want a tour before all this went down obviously there was all this because I, I listened to some guy on youtube he's like the rock critic or something on youtube and he always does stories about system of down and it's yeah. just like all right here's the latest they are not going to tour now because they got in a fight <laughs> practicing or rehearsing or putting together a sound list and yeah it is just like a band where they were like the youngest uh friends together started this band and then all armenians money, in glendale california yeah, yeah and then and then just everybody kind of went in their own direction and there's sort of like who's the leader of the band and and <laughs> you know sounds like a train wreck yeah and they wanted like it's one of those things too where you you watch like a paul and i both watched the eagles documentary <laughs> okay and there's that thing of like when the band does start to like well who's the leader of the band and who's like in charge of the band and who gets more money and who picks the songs and the, what the album's going to sound like right. and that's what it sounds like with system of down which is like i've i've heard michael stipe talk about that with rem that from from day one they just decided Everyone gets an equal share. Of, yep. No matter no matter who wrote the song, oh. no matter who arranged, it's you know yeah. it's all of us get an equal share. Yeah, it's Georgia. They know how to do it. Billy there. Corgan so tells a story speaking. when he was on. If you, it's, it's I always recommend it. It's uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple years ago. But someone chopped it up. and They're just like Billy Corgan talks about the music industry, and he talks about being in Chicago when they were like, "This is the band," and all the record labels came to see him, and like we'd like to just take you out to br- brunch tomorrow, and he's like, "Okay." And they're just like, you got to go full equal with everybody. Otherwise, it's going to destroy the band. And he's like, nope, they're my songs. I wrote them. And it's just <laughs> and, like, that's the two paths. There's the are. Michael Stipe path or the Billy Corgan path. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Stipe has said that that kept them together. Yeah. Sure. Um, the reason I picked this one, by the way, uh, it was the it was the first show uh, I had that got canceled amidst oh. COVID. March 12th at uh, Metro was supposed Drive to see that got canceled. What's the deal with, does he and does he and Jason Patterson, they still get along? Patter- J- yeah, they all get Patterson. along. Um, they just He just went his own way. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much the story. So you still have Mike Cooley and Patterson Hood kind of splitting the vocals on these songs. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, he kind of sounds like Jason Isbell. But, A little um, bit, yeah. yeah but um, yeah, Jason Isbell, uh, last show I saw was at Innings Fest in Arizona. You guys can fact now check this all you want. that's the last concert in the world in the world before covid before covid yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so january january <laughs> or march 2nd sure 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 because the next week was south by southwest right, and yeah that was the canceled. first domino yeah um but i remember 
that was I was like I just wanted to see him live, and it was a great. I'm so glad I did because he's amazing. And Drive By Truckers, I went back and listened to their catalog. So I'm like, man, I just didn't listen to him back then. But okay. I wish I did. I spoke with Patterson uh, when this album came out, and he told me a fantastic story about uh, meeting Mick Jagger. Oh, no way. So Patterson Hood's father was one of the Muscle Shoals uh, session musicians who played on like all those insane recordings back then. That's a great all, documentary, this too. fantastic. But so in, his in dad was... Nashville? Yeah. Alabama. Or Alabama, okay. Yeah. In Alabama, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so his dad's one of those one of those sessions guys, and uh, one of the albums he played on was Exile, and the Stones recorded Get out of here. Part of that, they did early work on that in... Uh, in Muscle Shoals. So Patterson was recording the album in Nashville at uh, Sam Phillips Recording Service. Sam Phillips, uh, the guy who discovered Elvis and all that stuff, right. his old, his second studio, not the Sun studio, but his second one that he that was supposed to be his crowning achievement okay. is, is still there. So it still functions. So Drive-By Truckers are there recording this album, and uh, the Stones happen to be in town. Someone brought Mick Jagger over to tour the studio in uh, he goes, he goes, literally, he goes, we're in recording. And he goes, I'm doing a vocal. And I see through the window, Mick Jagger walked by. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, like, man. <laughs> um, so they got word to somebody like, hey, can we say hi to Mick Jagger? So Jagger came back and he's, you know, I, he told them the whole story about his, who his father was. And they just went back and fuck. forth talking about. That's so you know, cool. Those, those, you know, performing those yeah. days in the studio where his father was jamming with the Stones. And, you could tell the Stones were one of those bands that were like, where did where did they write this? That's where we're going right. to go. And they're like, exactly. oh, there was this cabin in the woods. That's where we're going to write our mm-hmm. next album, wherever those guys went. And they still care. Like the fact that Mick Jagger at 70, whatever he is, is still like, know, take me to that place. Yeah, I want to see Yeah, take me to that place. I want to see That's so amazing cool. to me. That's great. He shows he gives a shit about mm-hmm. music still yeah. and like the history of music. Did uh did you ever have someone you interviewed where you're like, you were, you were a true fan of the artist and you're like, oh shit, this is going to be hard. Like it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Brian Wilson. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. I've interviewed Brian Wilson twice. Uh the first the first one was six and a half minutes. The second one was three and a half minutes. Okay. Whoa. And it's he just I, I knew that going in from prepping. Yeah. I'm like, this is a guy who's, you know, socially awkward, who has who has, you know, mental health issues, yeah. who doesn't like people by and large. Um I thought you were going to say the first one was like six minutes. The second was like three and a half hours. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, I got to no. hear about this. And it's like, nah, I got to even cut shorter. I like I had. It's one of the only ones where I've gone through and scripted questions because I didn't I knew if I was like, uh, you have to go right uh, into like it. He's he hangs up on you. It, like doesn't Did hang, he hang up on. He, he said, he hey, man, thanks for the interview. Uh, okay. and I'm like, OK, we're done. <laughs> and you have still have to pull a story out of the three and a half minutes. Out of the three and a half minutes. Yeah, that's pretty great. It's 90 percent of it is like his child is like when I heard pet sounds and it's like. Anyway, this is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask him any question where he can, any open-ended question, you will get a yes or a no. Okay. So you have to really be careful about how you ask the questions. Oh, wow. So you get an it's actual like a deposition. Yeah. yeah. But no, he, he was the one. He's one of my heroes. And yeah, I knew that was going to be a rough. <laughs> well, but still, that Brian Wilson on the phone is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing. The, one of my heroes is actually the next song you have on here. And uh, I got to meet him. I'm, I want to talk to you about Well, I've okay. met a couple of people, but... At least that's what you said. You were specific that you wanted the television version yeah. of by Wilco. Well, we're talking about live music. and I, I got you. I think they're one of the best live bands in America. Couldn't argue with you there. Let's uh, let's play a little of it. And this is an intro on this is one of my favorite Wilco intros of all time. Started to cry 
Yeah. This song, it, one of my top five Wilco songs, but um, I think I was at these shows. These were the ones that were killing, ki- kicking Vic. television. Were at the Vic. Yeah. Yep. This was the one where they were doing all their songs um, for a, a star. Is that a Ghost Is Born? Was uh, yeah. Yeah. That's correct. So I believe Kicking Television, I meant to verify this, but I didn't. Um, Wilco was so renowned early on for the for the constant lineup changes. I believe it's been the same lineup since Kicking Television. Yes, it's the same guys. Uh, Niles is the guitarist on, yep. on this. Uh, Stuart's been there since the beginning. Is it Stuart? Is that how you say uh, it? Yeah, John, yeah. I met him at the Pontiac Cafe when we used to play there. <laughs> okay. And he used to come and I'd be like, do you want to come on stage? He's like, no, nah, man. I'm like, yeah, all right. You want to know part of that. And then I met Wicked Jeff Park of all places. Tweedy. Yeah, I met him at the Metro for one of his fundraisers. One of the only times I got like super starstruck, I couldn't even. I was like, hey, like I couldn't make eye contact. <laughs> I was like was so scared. Because that kind of creeps him out too. I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's, uh, I freaked him out. He, he, he came into too. my Costco one time yeah, and I go, it. hey, man, anything you want, just fucking walk out the door. It's all, it's all, it's on us. <laughs> and he was like, Okay, thanks. <laughs> that sounds like how we were. Yeah. Have you met any of that the guys? Uh, I've met uh, John at Shuba's. Okay. Uh, after uh, after an autumn defense show, he oh, was just hanging out at the bar. And then uh, I went to go see Leon Russell at City Winery. Oh, okay. And Pat and John and Mikhail were all sitting at the table right across from me. Okay. So I was like, well, that's amazing. So watch watch Leon Did Russell. Did you go say hi to him? Uh, I left them alone. Okay, but I mean, we, I was able to eavesdrop on the conversations. There, what'd you hear? Like, <laughs> we gotta get rid of like Jeff. rubber neck and like, what's their take well, on the set list? Like, yeah. like, let's yeah. get rid of Jeff and steal all his ideas. Well, but they're another one. Like we, <laughs> they, those they're genuine fans. I've run into that. I've yeah. seen them at shows so often. Um, I saw I saw Pat and John uh, were standing next to me at Fiona Apple at Lincoln Hall. Oh wow! I saw them both at Blitz and Trapper at Lincoln Hall on the floor, not even hanging, Pat not even in here? a VIP section or anything. Pat lived here too. I know John lived here, but. Pat, uh, what's his last name? San- Sansone. Sansone uh, and John Stewart. They uh, they were also, wasn't John, or no, I'm sorry, John's sister, they were in a band called Blue Mountain at okay. some point too. And, and I, uh, we opened for them at Mabel's. And that's when he was in Uncle Tupelo and all that stuff. But So there's a scorching guitar solo coming up in this song. Niles. And uh, it is not Niles. That's why I picked this oh. one too. Uh, that's actually Jeff. This okay. is the rare Jeff Tweed. Well, they go back and solo. forth. Yeah. There's two parts. But this part we're hearing right now. Oh, this part you're talking about. No, no, no. When we get to the solo, it's actually Jeff. Yeah, right here. That's Jeff, not Nelson. Shred. He kills that solo. This part. So a rare Jeff to will go guitar solo. Well, the lead up to that is them battling each other. It's just one of those great songs. And then they do this on uh, Impossible Germany too, which Impossible is my favorite Germany. song I too. That one actually. Yeah, those but are I'm the two. This one because of the rare tweet. So Marty, for some reason, just hates Wilco. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. First, uh, where did you see them first? Because we in Chicago sure. we have, you know, every now first they're, time they're playing venues like Red Rocks. But in Chicago, we had that ability to see them in small places. Yeah. I saw them at uh, Abbey Pub. Oh wow. Oh, full band or solo? Uh, it was them them backing Scott McCoy, who was an REM side man. He okay. was in the Young Fresh Fellows. Uh, they had a band called the Minus Five. Okay. And they oh, yeah, recorded I remember an Minus album Five. called Down with Wilco. And okay. Wilco was the backing band. And they opened for him? So they, they backed him the whole the entire set. Uh, the lead singer got so drunk he fell off the stage. Hey. And Tweedy came out pissed. Uh, so Wilco did a seven song mini set. Oh, wow. Save the day. Save the day. That's like, Mm -hmm. do you ever hear the, uh, the Metallica guns and roses, Montreal (laughs) riot story? Yeah. You told it on the show. Yeah. yeah. It's like James Hetfield stands on the pyro and gets blown up. 
And they're like, Guns N' Roses, it would really be helpful if you could go out there right, like a little earlier than normal and yes. do your set. And kind, and they're just like, no. And then they went out there and then instantly yeah, they were just like, true. I'm out. I believe Lars also in telling that story is specific to note that Axel is smoking a cigarette yeah. in one of those long wooden holders. Yeah. Going just like, that doesn't work my, for me. Let that be cake. Voice. He's like, no, yeah. my voice, my voice is shot as he's smoking a cigarette in the wooden holder. Love it. I saw, uh, I saw Uncle Tupelo at... Uh, Thunderbird Theater in Champaign. Nice. And then I we opened for Uncle Tupelo at uh, one of those theaters in Champaign. Fat the, Albert? No, this was uh, Shoe Shine Boy, the band. Oh, okay. But then I saw Jeff Tweedy at Lounge Axe okay. solo. I, never, I was never in Lounge Axe. It was the cool week name. that they closed, I think, 99. Where was Lounge Axe? Lounge Axe was right here on Lincoln and Fullerton. Yeah. yeah. And that's where Fred Armisen now? used to work uh, work there. And, and uh, he's got great stories of oh, God, uh, working with Sue who the owner was uh, Jeff Tweedy's wife, or is, they're still married. And then um, I saw them at the Vic uh, when they see those Thanksgiving shows. But this is before they even sold sold it out. It was like insane. We got tickets the night of. Wow. This That's is like awesome. 90. But to they used to do that show Thanksgiving, one show Thanksgiving weekend, and it was, it was a tradition to see Wilco then, and then um, they blew up. And you couldn't see them there anymore until they did the 20 shows, but great one of the best i've seen them in concert multiple times and still considered one of the best concerts of all time first time i saw them they were opening for rem intently oh wow nice. in uh, 99 they were they monster yeah uh, rem was touring um not monster it was the one after Up. monster that they recorded on the monster tour it was in right in between there new adventures and hi-fi new adventures and hi-fi uh they brought patty smith out too in the middle of the set, which cool. was awesome but uh Art wilco was touring uh blanking now Ninety nine, summer, not summer, summer teeth, teeth. summer yeah. teeth. Thank you. Which, which is my favorite album. It's phenomenal. Jay Bennett. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. But that's a whole nother podcast. Story. A whole yeah. other podcast. We could just do a Wilco episode. Yeah. yeah, I'm always fascinated when I with, with that because that documentary. I'm just like, oh yeah, what is going on with this? Trying to break your heart. <laughs> like what? Yeah, yeah. You 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 feel for Jay Bennett just being so clueless to everything. But yeah, he was such an integral part of that album and. Yeah. Uh, He's like the mad scientist with all that yeah. crazy instrumentation. We've had, I've had, uh, friends with people who are were in bands with him in his prior bands in Champagne and stuff, and he's just he's so well respected in the in the music industry. There's so many of those versions of the songs. Watching that documentary, I'm like, oh, no, no, I want to I want to hear that. Right, like, yeah, I know. Right? What about this one with all the weird sounds? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that sounds awesome. I want to hear that version of I it. I can't wait till that comes out where they do the the b-sides on the, on the all these Wilco songs that didn't make it is that coming out no i just I'm i don't like, know oh, if man. it's a real yeah, thing because and the document we're talking about is i'm trying to break your heart yeah if you haven't seen it, it's great and uh but yeah there's so many ver like almost done versions of those songs off that you know, yankee hotel fox trial you're just like oh fuck that's such a good oh, yeah. i like that even better their yeah. versions yeah. yeah and i like when they do their the concert version on the summer teeth songs too with this lineup because they do a different version it's totally different uh when they do nothing's ever, or, right. or that's from uh, being there, but or no, 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 no that is yeah, summer, summer teeth, teeth, yeah. But um, and that and that album or that movie that Murray's talking about also talks about the music industry and how everything got fucked up that year. Local H was kind of a victim of that too, yeah, right? They were. Th- yeah, they had that second album uh, on Island Records, yeah, uh, got no promotion, and they were they were and they got dropped. They got dropped, I, I think. Uh, but they had toured going into that. They were the opening act on on huge tours. They they opened for STP. I think they opened for Rush. Oh wow! Uh, they were they were kind of, you know, they the had band, the big, yeah. they had the big MTV hit. The second album was supposed to do it, and it's a concept album too. Um, okay. But yeah, I think they got dropped. Huh. Well, and that was, 
you know, we they're they're another one of these bands that have put out so much music in the course of the last you know fifteen years, but outside Chicago, you know, Not as has, much it, love. has it resonated. Yeah, that's like the band uh, that sings. Oh, I can't think of their name. Sister Havana. The um, oh, Orge Overkill. Orge Overkill. Yeah. Another band that's a Chicago favorite and uh, doesn't get the love. Speaking of Chicago favorites. No time for crying, Mavis. So what, what's the what's the story on why is this all why is this closing out your mixtape? Reading the lyrics, I, I think it really uh, even though it was I think from 2017, I think it really speaks to where we're at. You know, okay. No time for crying. People are dying. Yeah. But uh, but this was made before all this. So yeah, this was from 2017. But uh, she, I spoke to her a month ago. She was uh, she was holed up in her apartment. She said she was she's had the same apartment in the South Shore neighborhood for 50 years. Whoa. Um, and she said it's the most time she's spent in it in those 50 years because especially in the last, you know, 15 years, she's been she's busy. She's had kind of a career resurgence. I, yeah. I think it's seven albums now on the anti-label, working with Jeff Tweedy, working with Ben Harper, working with M. Ward. Uh, she's on she worked with M. Ward? Yeah, he produced wow. one of the albums in there too. And then she's on singles with everybody now. Yeah. Uh, she's just on some brand new one. I can't remember what it was uh, that I saw last week. Oh, she's on the uh, she's on the new Run the Jewels album. <laughs> Are you That's serious? Amazing. That's so cool. Has she uh, has she um, does she talk about her time with the Staple Singers and yes, all that? The, so I what's mean, her was... what's her take on all that? Because they got fucked over pretty hard, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's it's amazing. She's one of the most optimistic people I've ever. I, okay. I joked at the end of our conversation. I go, I'm going to call you every couple of weeks uh, when I when I need a <laughs> when I when I need a mental tune up. Okay. Because she's so optimistic, but. She told those stories about marching with Dr. Martin Luther King. I mean, it not, wow. you know, going all the way back to, you know, the Staple Singers were kind of uh, at his rallies. They were kind of the band. Yeah. And she tells those stories about what she learned from him and what she learned from her father, Pops. Okay. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons I picked this song, too. Uh, that, that guitar player that's playing on that track is Rick Holmstrom, who's in her band now. And I think he captures that whole tremolo guitar thing that her father did so well, I think, just beautifully. I was watching a documentary uh, last night. Um, I forgot what it's called, but I think Marie told me about it. But it's Echo in Laurel Canyon, I think it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Dylan, yeah, uh, Jacob Dylan going and interviewing all these people with the birds and all that stuff. And they spent this time talking about the tremolo, well, the sound of a Rickenbacker sure. and all that, how different it sounds, that jingle jangle sound and stuff. But um, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting that blues had those clean guitar sounds that are just so raw um it, i feel like it was based chess records they had a lot of that stuff happening sun sun studios did but i just i never got into mavis staple and i and i feel like i should more but do you uh do you go to pitchfork usually i've only gone once she was uh she was there last year 
And that's, she get, was it crowded for her? It was packed. Yeah, they they were uh, they were on right as the sun was going down, and then okay. Haim was after them and was the headliner that night on and the I, same stage. Yeah. Okay. And I just remember thinking to myself, Mavis, I think she's seventy eight, maybe eighty. I can't remember, but uh, it was like ninety five out that day, and she's out there just absolutely killing it. It was I mean, it's yeah. inspiring to see her doing that. That's, that's one awesome. of the that's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. That happens and, in wrestling when they bring back somebody older. Oh yeah, and it's just like still great, and yep. everyone's like, "Whoa!" And I always wonder, like with with wrestling, with music, it's like, is there someone else out there who it's just like, "Oh man, we got to get you back out uh-huh. in front of everybody." That's uh, that's one of the things I love about this whole second chapter for Mavis Staples. Yeah, it's it's such a well deserved victory lap. Yeah, I feel like it was uh, the '90s. It was kind of like every year there was like, all right, we like Tony Bennett now, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then it was like Pat He's- Boone covered heavy metal, <laughs> and you're like, okay. I remember when Tony Bennett did the unplugged. It was totally yeah. was like, oh, oh yeah. Tony Bennett's cool with now. the duets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what about the fact that you know everyone's talking about the last dance with the bulls and everything, right? But she was on. The album, right, with the band and, and the weight. And oh yeah, she's uh, she's, she's at uh, she's at the last waltz. The last waltz. The staple singers perform with them. Yeah. So the last dance is uh, for those that don't know. Um, Phil Jackson's a huge fan of the band, the weight, and and he was talking about the last waltz, and that's why the last dance gets I didn't their know name. That's why it was called that. Okay. So he's like, "This is our last dance," and he and he he talks about how it's, you know, it's the end. They want to go out like in, how the band did. And if you watch that documentary, The Last Waltz, Mavis Staple, uh, the Staple singers yeah, are steals it. in there and yeah. destroys. Yep. What's I think they're singing? Um, uh, they're they're singing the weight. The weight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just watch that. And and by the way, if you guys don't know the band, the Grace Band, one of the Grace Bands, and then also there was Martin Scorsese yeah. made the movie, and him and uh, Robbie Robertson did mounds and mounds of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, yes making that special and it's like a mo- it's like a movie i believe at one point the- neil young comes out and you can actually see it in his <laughs> just mustache the cocaine, yeah. yeah it's like mounds and mounds but uh mavis staples was a part yeah, she of kills it. that history um, and she's made that a regular part of her set now the like way if it's if it's not a shortened festival set she does the wait and i've seen jeff tweedy talk about it um that it's amazing to watch like anyone everyone wants to come out and be a part of it to be like like that it's considered like her song almost yeah. now not e- not even the band uh, when i saw will she opened for wilco at the civic opera house and half of wilco came out with her and did it with nick Lowe. oh wow and it was awesome singing the yeah, yeah singing there's the so way. many parts that uh i mean if you haven't watched it go on youtube and and watch her or the mavis uh, the staple singer's performance it destroys and uh i mean no matter if you don't like the song, I don't know who did, doesn't like that song. How did Haim do after her? Haim, <laughs> Haim. Uh, sorry. It was you know it was it was a good reason to get an early early start. Man, uh, the imagine if you're just like, line. why how do you did that? we not let her close? Like it happens so many times on shows. You're just like, why? Yeah. Wait a minute. I heard they're what? good in concert. I don't mm-hmm. know. No. That, they're, they're yeah, okay. but when you take on yeah. a, a yeah. fifty year pro, <laughs> like it's just. Yeah, that's uh, that was that was kind of an amazing weekend. The Isley Brothers were on that uh, on that bill too. Oh dear. Yeah, the Isley Brothers, uh, Mavis Staples, and Haim. Hmm. Yeah. It's like trying to follow Marty DeRosa on a <laughs> comedy show. Back in the day, not anymore. Never works. We uh, we are out of time. 
That was amazing. Thanks for Jim. answering so many of our yeah, music we're gonna have to have questions. You. We're going to have to do just a Q&A with you. Yeah, we want to have you come back for sure with I'm a in. different mix. Give us a, a theme that Foreigner. you want to do. A Foreigner songs. <laughs> DeVry. Can you, do you think you can make people fans? <laughs> do you feel like you got enough like clout? I could I could make you a, a, fan, a fan of Foreigner if I needed <laughs> he to. He doesn't like Foreigner. But I'm just uh, saying. I no, I don't mind Foreigner. You like Toto. I do love Toto. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do love Toto. Well, there yeah. we go. Well, that was the, so funny where uh, somebody on Twitter the other day was like, uh, some, uh, I don't know if it was a black comic or not or somebody, but it was this lady. She's like, white people eventually are going to have to talk about this <laughs> Africa song. <laughs> like, we're going to have to have a talk about this song. The funny thing is I just saw Weezer at that same last concert. And when they started playing, you know, right. I'm like, it's not that different no, than no, the original version. Yeah, I'm like, what's the point of I know. The covering this? Do you, yeah. know, do you know the backstory on that? They no, never went to really Africa. Quick. Yeah. They just wrote the song, right? Some, oh, the original or the cover? Oh, go no, ahead. the Weezer one. Do you know the oh, story? Oh, the girl just tweeted, yeah. like, you should cover this. She just kept tweeting at them repeatedly yeah. for, like, I think, like, years, asking Weezer to cover uh, Africa. And then they did. And so, no. So, they to screw with her, they put out a cover of Rosanna. Yeah. Uh, and Which is about Rosanna Arquette. Yes, it is. Yeah. But uh, to mess with her, yeah, Weezer put out the cover of Rosanna, and then they did, they did finally put out that's that. And funny. it's one of their Reverse biggest Cuomo. hits. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard that Toto never went to Africa. They just, they're like <laughs> session guys who just wrote. A, they're like, yeah. let's have a band. And the, yeah, so, they are all session. They, they're the backing band on Thriller. Yeah. And they did Africa. Yeah. Never went to Africa. No. Just, you know, Kilimanjaro. Saw it in the news, it in the news or whatever. Only, only reference to Kilimanjaro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that I, so when I saw that Weezer show, it's kind of funny. It's in it was in Arizona where you don't they're not like a location known for music, right? But when that song came on, people went nuts, oh and I was God. like, they played their catalog. They played a yeah. lot of great songs. But they I'm have like, a lot of hits. Yeah, that song just does something to white people. Yeah, you know? it's insane. There's something about that song when it's, that when that synth kicks in, white people just can't. <laughs> we can't control ourselves. I saw Toto at Ravinia uh, with Michael McDonald. And it was fantastic. That is an aggressively by, white concert right there. <laughs> Michael McDonald and Toto at Ravinia on the North Shore. On the North yeah. Shore. Did you have a picnic basket no. and wine and cheese? No, it was hysterical. My my buddy Travis and I walked in to to see this, and he was carrying the pizza we bought down the street, uh-huh. and I was carrying the twenty four pack of yeah. Coors Light. You didn't have the the, uh, the, the picnic uh-uh. basket with the baguette sticking out of it. And it had rained that night, so we we were literally just standing on the path at the back, like of the lawn. As we were finishing these cans of Coors Light, just dropping them straight down into the, the puddle that was <laughs> yeah. the lawn in front of the us. The empty and puddle. They were the people up there, the wine and cheese crowd was not, they were not having it. Yeah. Like, who are these bozos? Look at these two idiots. I, I thought I was an asshole for forgetting my cheese board. <laughs> <laughs> where where can uh, people find out more about the, your interviews and all the stuff you uh, you do, Jim? Uh, it's all on Twitter at uh, Radio Jim Ryan. And uh, if you search on uh, Jim Ryan Forbes, you can you can find all of it. Got uh this week, Paul, you'll like the variety in this. Uh, I've got interviews this week with LL Cool J, Def Leppard, and Dion. Dion and the Belmonts, Dion. Wait, wait the whole band Def Leppard? Or? Uh, Joe Elliott, oh, the singer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, over the quarantine, I realized there were two uh, videos for Pour Some Sugar on Me. I didn't know there were two There's videos. There's one where they're just like in a house. <laughs> I haven't seen that it one. It was clearly okay. one where they're like, oh, shit, this song's going to be huge. This video's Horrible. not good. We got to do like a, a live concert. I want to see this now. Yeah. All right, but yeah, you guys Twitter. have check out Jim. Check us out as well. But before and, we uh, go, I've got a special. I like to do a little yeah. request at the end. And Paul uh, Marty makes at gmail.com. This is the only one way to go, <laughs> and that's with Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. There you go. <laughs>
Thanks so much for doing the podcast, Jim. Thank and, you guys for uh, having me. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. I envision a Q&A. We've got a lot of tape heads with a lot of questions <laughs> yeah. out there. Until next week.